0: Welcome to New Life, Miami. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nLmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, You are love Is it raining? Who just got here? You got here late shame on you? Who got your uh, shame on you? got your last? Is it raining outside? Yeah, welcome to paradise, amen, Miami paradise. Mm. Hallelujah. Part one of our series, Paradise, I believe it's going to be a powerful series. You know, anytime you're seeking the the kingdom of heaven, it's righteousness, right? Anytime you're seeking the holiness of God, things like that, I mean, you can't expect for for moments like this. I'm wondering, today's going to be just one of those... Awesome Sundays where it's just going to be us, you know. Like if you were here on Wednesday, uh, you know, you just felt that. I mean, Wednesday was just marvelous. If you, were here, uh, if you were here Wednesday, you walked out of here with something heavy on you, with something deep in you. And, and I believe that for those that were here on Sunday. If you missed on Wednesday, um, sorry, Wednesday, if you missed on Wednesday, you missed something so amazing that it's not recorded. We, we can't replay it, but it was so um, special what God did and how He visited us. And it was so, um, it, it, was, uh, it was a beautiful thing. But as we jump into uh, part one and we talk about paradise, I I know God wants to move like this. How many of you could sense that, hey, there was something, whether you got in it or not, whether you opened up your heart or not, um, how many of you felt like, hey, God was doing something right there in worship? Right? (laughs) All right. I felt that. And when you feel those moments, you got to jump in those waters, you know what I'm saying? When you get moments like that, try not to hold back. When you get moments like that, don't say, well, I'm not ready. I'll just wait until the next time because I, I really wanted to raise my hand. or I really wanted just to cry. I really wanted to lift up my voice. Don't wait. Um, and just say, God, you're here. I'm going to kind of just jump right into this thing. And um, I just want to see what you're going to do in me. You know, I remember when I used to go to church a lot and, well, I still go to church a lot. but but when I used to go to church and I didn't want to go and uh, maybe there's some of you here that are in church that didn't want to be here but I can relate to you I was once you, I I was there but then I was like, I really don't want to be here but that's okay, listen um, I remember that God would move in people's lives and, um, and and then I don't know I would just look at them and say man, you know, these guys are weird and then God did something in my life, and, and then I became one of those weird people. And I, and I had to swallow everything I said about the weird people because then I, I, you know, I, I was like, oh, man, I'm weird just like them now. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's, it's cool to um, To kind of take that stand and, and say, um, I'm willing, Lord, for you to do something in me even if it changes me. Because I'm here, even though maybe you don't want to be here, but I'm here because I know deep down inside there's some things in me that really need to change. So I'm cool with, I want to be one of those weird people. Oh man, that's real so good today. All right, here we go. Part one of our series. If you want to write this down somewhere under paradise as you wrote it down already in your notebook, write this down. Today, everyone say today. today you will be. You will be. With me. With me. Yeah, That means two things. That means like Jesus, but that also means me too. Like together, that will be cool. In paradise. paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. You guys already know what phrase that's from, right? If you don't, we'll get to it towards the end because really um, that part of the message doesn't come to right when I'm about to wrap it up. And I figured, I said, I'm I'm just going to call this today you'll be with me in paradise, part one. Amen. But, you know, if I were to ask all of you guys to describe your ideal paradise, how would you describe your ideal paradise? I don't know. Some of you guys, I don't know, at a beach, you're drinking a, um, you know, a virgin pina colada. <laughs> because, because, you know, I know how you guys roll. And, uh, or a nice cold Sprite. <laughs> and I say that because I like a nice cold Sprite. <laughs> under a palm tree, hearing the sound of waves. Some of you guys are like, heck no, I can't stand sand in my toes. I'm cool by the poolside. That's my paradise. Whatever your paradise is. What's one of your ideal paradises? Anyone want to give me a like, a, like yours is just, you know it, it's awkward. So it needs to be said. Does anyone have an awkward ideal paradise? No one. No awkward people. Betsy, with chickens around you. She loves chickens. If you didn't know that, the girl that ran worship up here today has a fascination with chickens. So Betsy. Scream there to everyone, what is your ideal chicken-infested um, paradise? A farm in the mountains. There you go. with many chickens in it. A farm in the mountains, yes, of course. Yeah. Well, summer's here. Summer's here, and, and you can already smell, right, the smell of sun on your skin because it's burning your skin. And it's, you smell it, you smell summer. You smell the sun tan and block lotion on people already. Um, And it's here. And for some of us, vacation is coming, is here. You're going to take one soon or, or whatever. Summertime, a lot of people tend to take their vacations in that time because of kids or whatnot. Some will visit your ideal paradise. Some of you will go to a farm up in a mountain with a lot of chickens in it. And um, Angel, pray for Angel because he's got, he's got to take his wife to this amazing place that she desires to go to. <laughs> but, um, you know, I looked up the definition of paradise and it's, here it is, ready? Heaven, the final abode for the righteous. Pretty interesting, right? Now, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, God puts the desire in Betsy's heart. So there's going to be a section in heaven where there's going to be a mountain and it's going to be country looking and, and, and she's going to sit on top of her hill and there's going to be chickens clucking and, and she's going to be there and she's like, you see, this is my heaven. And then, so I get it, God is going to, God is going to I don't know what it's going to be like, but you guys understand what I'm saying. But it's but heaven, the final abode of the righteous. And, and I want to just kind of go into some scripture with you, talk with you guys and, and just build this because this is more of an introduction than it is anything else. But here it is, I, I think about the creation account. When I say creation account, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. But when I say creation account, I'm I'm talking about Genesis chapter 2. If you've never looked into that, read it, studied it, go ahead. I I encourage you to. But in Genesis 2, God creates man and woman. And as he creates man and woman, it's, 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 it's cool, it's neat, it's interesting. It's different than our day today. We live in a different world, don't we, than just 50 years ago, 20 years ago. Again, yesterday, we're getting the news, right, more things. are. I mean, you put on the news yesterday. You have a smartphone that, you're, that it's open to let, receiving news media. I mean, you're getting hit up that um, London gets hit again. I mean, there's something in you if you're a child of God that is crying out like heaven come down. <laughs> there's something that's in you when you get things like that, that you're crying out, oh, paradise, where are you? I'm tired of people blowing up stuff, and I'm tired of being scared to go to a game and to go to the mall with my family because some extremist, whatever you feel. Um, so there's something in you that I believe that in the days that we're living in, we could have a bunch of slogans, and, and we could try to make whatever we want great again and all these great things. But, but the reality is we're people of the word of God, aren't we? These days are to come. And, and when these days come, the Bible says the spirit and the bride cry come quickly. And, and we're praying and we're crying out for paradise. And that's a good thing. If you're a believer, don't be scared, guys. If you're a believer, you're crying out. Paradise, come. And in Genesis 2 it was a different day than what we live in today. There were women and, and, and men. Uh, we see Adam and Eve as well. They were free. And they were free of, of all kinds of things. They were free of disease. They were free of death. If you studied Genesis chapter 2. And not only are they free of disease and death, but, but also they have dominion to rule over all living things. You guys know what I'm talking about? I see those people that fight alligators and stuff like that. They're crazy. Some of you are like, they drug them up. I get it. But I still wouldn't fight a drugged up alligator because what happens if he snaps out of that drug? I- I'm just not messing with an alligator that I know could chomp me up. I'm not messing around with sharks unless I'm in a nice thick cage. Wh- whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? I'm just not messing around with that kind of stuff. But, but here's Adam and Eve and they had dominion over all living things. <laughs> they walked right up to an alligator and said, let me brush your teeth today. <laughs> Some crazy things. Interesting because they would walk with God, and, and Scripture says it. They would walk with God in the coolness of the day. In verses 10 through 14, I want to kind of walk you through Genesis chapter 2 because I want to get into everything that I want to share with you. In Genesis, in Genesis 10 through 14, there's a river, right? And the river is coming out of Eden, and it waters the whole garden. And, and, and then it parts into four what is called four riverheads. Each part supplies and, and is giving to God's creation what it needs. And one of the rivers is called Pishon, P-I-S-H-O-N. And it waters this land of Havilah. And I'm going to get somewhere with this because as it waters this land of Havilah in Genesis chapter 2, it's, it's neat because it says that in this land called Havilah, there was gold in it. And it says this, and the gold was good. Like I didn't even know there was like bad gold. Like there's such a thing. I'm cool with the bad gold. <laughs> Take me to the land of bad gold. I'll settle for that. But no, but here there was gold and the land was good. I mean, the gold was good. And, and then it says, check this out. There was bdellium. Everyone say bdellium. bdellium. Ain't that the coolest word? But, but So I, I said, what in the world is bdellium? Any smart people in here know what bdellium is because you're so... No good, you all like me, all right? And I was like, what in the world is bedelium? So I had to look up bedelium because not only was there gold and the gold was good, but all over the land that the water flowed on, there was bedelium. So I looked it up, and I'm glad I looked it up because I loved what I found out. Bedelium is a fragrant resin. It's a natural, listen to this, a natural aroma from the land. Like Jesus just, like God just had some air freshener in Eden. <laughs> It's called bedelium. Well, it's found on trees, and later on it would be used to make perfumes, it makes sense. But you could just see that God gave a smell to the garden. God gave life to the, I mean, can you imagine what the garden? You know, the garden comes to play again in the in the eternal kingdom. He he establishes the um, Eden again. Eden is spoken about again. There's a river again in in in, in Revelation in Eden. Eden, Eden comes back. We're going to be in Eden again. We're going to be in bedelium again. I can smell that. You're going to walk up to me when we are, we are in the kingdom, right? When we're in paradise. Let's just use the, the, the name of the series. When we're in paradise and you're going to walk up to me. Do you smell Bedellium? I'm like, yeah, I smell Bedellium. You, you saw me brushing the alligator's tooth? No, Bedellium. And it was interesting, you know, there, there, and not only was there bdellium and the gold of that land was good, but there was also onyx stones everywhere. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, um, but, but I, I could just imagine when those different shades of light hits those onyx stones. I mean, that was beautiful. So there's an amazing smell. There's gold in the land. There's onyx stones. I mean, this is, hey, guys, I asked you guys, can you go ahead and color for me, draw out for me, speak out loud for me your paradise this is paradise i mean this was it there is a smell that is beautiful there's onyx stones everywhere there is land with gold on it i mean we'll talk about paradise paradise but man it was all ruined one day it was affected by man's disobedience by our pride we know what happened with adam and eve right so man had to be taken away from paradise and they were removed you know, it's almost like when you go to a, a, a park and, and someone gets kicked out of a park, they put their, their pictures up on the, on the offices in the park and it says not wanted. And every staff member and every staff meeting has to be presented a paper with that person that if you see that person in the park, please make sure you escort them out. Call the cops because that person is a danger and we don't want them in this park. That's kind of what happened to Adam and Eve in the first family. They got kicked out of, the, out of paradise. They got kicked out of Eden. And it was ruined by their disobedience. They were removed. Kind of like someone that gets kicked out with that not wanted sign. Except for them, it was kind of different. They didn't have a not wanted sign poster with their picture on it. Instead, listen to this. Ready? They had in place there, God placed a fierce cherubim angel to guard paradise. And he had a flaming sword that turned every which way to guard it. And and you could almost see God saying, I dare you to come back in here. And there was a fiery sword that just swang left and right and up and down and around. And there was a cherubim angel that protected it and said, you're not welcome here anymore. Forget the poster. But God sends a fierce cherubim angel with a, with a sword flying everywhere. Not wanted. So he, he does that. And I look at that and I said, talk about vacation being ruined. We're talking about paradise. Talk about paradise being ruined. And, and God's had some interesting encounters with humanity. But if you if you If you've done a study through the scriptures, you've always seen this, that because of our ignorance, because of our pride, because of our stubbornness, we've always lost out on some amazing opportunities. And and because of those things that I just mentioned, God's had to confront humanity on some serious things. If, If you go back to the time of Noah, Noah's flood. After after Noah's flood, God told Noah's sons and their very own wives the same thing he told Adam and Eve. He says, All right, let's try it again with you guys. Let's see if you're any good, any, any better than Adam and Eve. And look what he tells them in Genesis 9, 1 through 3. I'm gonna read it to you. It's exactly what he tells Adam and Eve in Eden. He says this to them: Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you, and and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air. On all that move on the earth and on all the fish of the sea, they are given to you in your hands. Forget fishing, you know what I'm saying? You're like, fish, come up, I wanna eat you today, and they just pop up. I mean, that's crazy stuff they're given into your hand every moving thing that lives shall be food for you i've you see the dominion there you see i've given you i have authority and because of my authority i'm giving you dominion because of my authority i'm giving you these blessings he says i've given you all things even even as the green herbs i've given it all to you he tells the same exact thing to the sons of noah and to their wives but you know what happens to the sons of noah and their wives as generation continues To downplay, well, here it is. It still doesn't work out between them and God. It still doesn't work out between humanity and God. And and, I don't know if you know, God continues to confront humanity. As I pick a little bit as well on the children of Israel... In scripture, it shows us that the Lord wanted to talk to the children of Israel constantly. He wanted to show them his glory, his goodness to them. He actually, in scripture, you see, he wanted to walk with the Israelites. He wanted to be their God, their king, their Lord. And I'll be with you all the days of your life. Let me walk with you and let me guard you and let me show you my goodness and let me show you my glory. But instead, the children of Israel, instead of receiving that, heaven come down. Receiving that, I want to walk with you like I did with Adam and Eve in the coolness of the day. Instead, they said, now nah, we rather pick a man, Moses. And you be the one that speaks to God. And and then you come back and you tell us what he says. Why would you settle for that, children of Israel? If heaven was going to be able to come down to you, why would you want it to fall on someone else and then him come back and tell you what he just experienced? I hope you guys don't take church like that. I hope you don't come over here and say, Moses, come and tell me what you've experienced now. So that way that could push me for the next week. You won't be here much longer. Because that's not enough to push you forward. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we're all at that place where we're, we're not like the children of Israel of old, where we're saying, Moses, you go for us and you walk with God and, and you let heaven come down on you and do us a favor. When you come down from the mountain, then you relay everything back to us. That's what the children of, of Israel did, right? They chose Moses to be their spokesperson. Better yet, I like to use the word a buffer between them and God. And we see in Exodus 20:19, if you're taking notes, this is what they say: "Ready, Exodus 20:19. You speak to us, and we will listen. But, but do not let. The Problem might be if he stops speaking to you, then you might die. <laughs> you guys catch that? They're worried about no, don't let God speak to us because then we're gonna die. No, no. Though when you start dying is when God stops speaking to you. So be very careful that you're going to a spokesperson to receive the word of God when, when you're now receiving the refreshment and the waters and the bread. That's why I said, hey, when you get into an environment like what just happened in worship, jump in. Get into that stuff because there God is going to give you something prophetic, something divine, something supernatural that man can't teach you that you got to go through an experience. Because God, God could have told Moses, Moses, I want to give you a bunch of knowledge, but he says, take off your sandals. You're on holy ground. And Moses had to experience something before he ever found the, the strength to, to go and confront Egypt. But, but there was an experience that was, that was there that birthed or, or pushed Moses out to that call. I'm encouraging you guys to, if heaven comes down, which I know it wants to in your life, Just lift up your hands and say, here I am, come down on me. Not, oh gosh, let someone else speak to me, God. You don't speak to us. Heaven, don't come down on me. You see, the issue of man is all over scripture. The issue of humanity is all over. You see it here in Exodus, you see with Noah's kids, you see it in Adam and Eve. But you also see that there is a faithfulness and there is a desire of God. And, and he wants to come down and he wants to be with his sons and daughters. Guys, this is what this series is about. This series is about you experiencing heaven while living on earth. You guys understand that? And, and that's what we're going to be discussing in the next four weeks. Because that's always been God's heart. That's how did that look? All right. That's awesome. All right, let's keep going. In First Samuel 8, the elders of the children of Israel, right? They come to the prophet Samuel. This is, this is another instance of when this happened, right? And they come to the prophet Samuel and they tell him this. Anoint for us, Samuel, a king. I need to give you a quick summary. At this time... The children of Israel have no king yet. No such thing as a king yet. So, what happens with them is they're, they're seeing their surrounding nations. And all of the surrounding nations have kings. So, they go back home and they're like, How come we don't have a king? Everybody else has a king. We got to have a king. That's not cool. Everyone has a king and he sits on a throne and they make him palaces and he, he governs on people. We need a king. They've never had a king. So, They go up to Samuel, who they know, or he, if anyone is going to anoint and say, you're the next king, it's going to be the the prophet. So we'll go to him. So they go to Samuel, and and, and they tell the prophet Samuel, appoint for us a king to judge us. But this is what they say next. To judge us like all the other nations. I could just stop right there and preach that. But in verse 6 and 7, it says that the thing displeased Samuel, what they said. When they said, give us a king and judge us, it displeased them. So what does Samuel do? He goes and he prays, right? He prays to the Lord. And look what the Lord tells Samuel. Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, Samuel, but they've rejected me from being king over them. They've rejected my presence over them. They rejected, it's almost like saying, they rejected paradise, heaven over their lives. So Samuel tells them, Something very amazing leading to verse 19. He tells them of all the harsh things that their kings and future kings would do to them. All the injustices. If you've ever studied the kings of Israel, you know that there are many. All the injustices and evil that they would do to the children of Israel. And yet, as Samuel would tell him, are you sure you want another king? Because this is what God just told me. If we give you kings, they're not going to treat you right. It's not a good idea. You'd think that they would get it in their heads, right? Look at what they say in verse 19. No, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may what? Judge. Judge us. And go what? We'll start from the beginning. That we also may be like all the what? And that our king may what? And go out. And what? Does that not sound like God's job? We want a king for what? To do God's job. Why? We want a king to to be like everyone else. But we all know that from the birth of Israel... When God even spoke to Jacob, the father of Israel, right off the bat, he called them to be different, never to be like everyone else. There was always a different call on God's children, on God's people. It was never meant to be. Actually, the scripture says that out of you, Jacob, you shall be a blessing to all the other people. Not, not, not you be like all the other people, but from you they will receive blessings. You're different, Jacob, than everyone else. But now Jacob is at a place, Israel is at a place And we want to be like everyone else. We're tired of standing out. We're tired of being different and we want someone to judge us and go before us and fight our battles. Man, did they have it wrong in their lives. They, they wanted to be like everyone else. When, when God was calling them to be set apart, everything that God wanted to do and be for them, they were looking for it in a man, in a man to fulfill. They, they, I know what that's like because I, I know what it is to sometimes look at someone in the eye and say, you know I'm not God, right? What you're asking for is something that you need to go through with God. And and here's here's the people of God. And they're acting out of ignorance. They're, they're blinded by what God wants to do in them, through them, and for them. And, and I look at this and I actually wrote this down in my notes. Who told you, who told you that first off, that you are meant to be like all the other nations? And and, and I love that because as a pastor, I, I could I could say that, and who told you that you were meant to be like anyone else or like any other church or like any other person out there? If God's print, if God's presence is in you, you're called to be different. You stand out in the crowd. There is a presence, there is an anointing, there is a grace over your life that when they look at you, they say something's different. And you say, Because God rules, heaven came down on this man. There's something different in the believer. There's something different in the believer. There's something different in the child of God. In the child of God, so, so. How about how about God made us with a different call which I believe that's true to walk with him and dine with him and him like scripture says dine with us so that you don't ha- <laughs> so that you don't have to wait to die to have intimacy in eternity that you could be alive now and have intimacy with heaven on earth Some of us are crying for death so we can have intimacy in heaven. When Jesus is crying back to you, why if you could have intimacy with me on earth? Amen. Heaven can come down to earth. It's done. If you were here for worship, we spoke that today's Pentecost Sunday and that was a part of heaven again coming down to earth. I mean, I mean, if we don't believe that heaven can come down to earth, then, then you don't believe in the, in the coming of Jesus at all, his first coming. He never came. He never died on the cross. Jesus came to earth. You better believe that that's heaven coming to earth. The Bible says he stepped off his throne and, and he came to heaven, came to earth. It's, it's happened before and it happened in Acts chapter 2 again. And, and, and for some of you, it just happened 20 minutes ago where heaven came down again to earth and touched your heart, touched your soul. But that you could actually experience Here's the children of Israel, but here we are, and maybe we got this wrong, but that we could actually experience the benefit of paradise while on earth. You should write that down. I'm able to benefit paradise while being on earth. And maybe much of churches is missing out on experiencing heaven on earth because we're spending most of our energy and time hoping and working on the earthly things to accomplish or provide what only the heavenly and the eternal things can accomplish and provide. Should I say it again? Because I saw some eyes looking at me that were just like, I have no idea what you just said. Maybe, Most of us, maybe what we're missing and the reason why people miss on experiencing heaven on earth is because we're spending most of our energy and time hoping and working on earthly things to accomplish and provide what only the heavenly or earthly things can accomplish and provide in our lives. That there is an eternal, a heavenly will from paradise that wants to connect with us here on earth. And that's why God told Adam what he told Adam. And that's why God told Noah's sons and their wives what he told them and what he's told the Israelites numerous times. And that's why God is still telling us this today, that there is a manner, that there is the ability that we can walk on earth and hold the power and the will of heaven in our hearts. Like those songs we sang was all about experiencing heaven and holding on to heaven. That paradise, that that heaven can, that we could have this understanding that it would never be able to live with us here if we are looking onto the perishable things to be what fulfills us now. If we're looking onto perishable things, Earthly things and carnal things to fulfill us now, then we'll never be able to experience the imperishable and paradise and heaven eternity with us now. To experience his kingdom here, you can't also be experiencing the things of this world and living for the things of this world. You know that's biblical? Where is that biblical? First John chapter two, verse 16. We can't be mixed up with the will of man with fleshly lust, with the pride of life. 1 John 2.16 tells us that those things don't come from the Father, but they come from the world. So, so here's the world, right? In Jesus' time, right before Jesus' time, they're awaiting their Messiah from 500 to thousands of years back. They've been promised from the prophets of Israel. They've been promised this coming Messiah. So, so this is very interesting as I get ready to, to get into where I want to get to. Ready? The Jewish people are awaiting their Messiah for thousands of years, and then there's a word that starts to get around. Have you heard about that young girl named Mary? Some people say she was 10. Some people say she was 11. Some say she was somewhere around 12 and 13 years old. Whatever. And did you hear about that young girl named Mary? Well, little Mary from Nazareth supposedly this angel came up to her and spoke to her, and she had this supernatural encounter with an angel. And supposedly she's going to be giving birth to the Christ child, to the Messiah. It's finally here, and everyone starts to talk about it. You, you, I know that everyone starts to talk about it because even Herod, it gets to his ear, and Herod says, Oh, really? He's coming to so watch this. So, so, some two years later, he says, I want every child who's two years and under to be executed. And he He sends a mass order to kill all children from two years under just to get to the Christ child, just to get to the Messiah. So all these Jews and all these Israelites find out about their awaited Messiah. And we know that that, that there was encounters of so many because so many went from from a distance to see him and to pay their respects to him. Like I just said, Herod did what he did. And And then this Messiah, this Christ child, he grows up. And, and he does many signs, and he does many wonders, and he does many miracles. The Bible says that many of them would go hear him, and they would go back to the Pharisees. And where is he? Why couldn't you arrest him? Why didn't you bring him? And they would say things like this, he speaks like no other man has ever spoken with such authority. We were scared to lay our hands on him. Are you kidding me? You have swords and knives. You have weapons. Take them. Yeah, but he has a word that is more fierce than our weapons. He has a wisdom and an authority. And then he he is crucified on a cross. You guys know that story. He's crucified on the cross. And then I think about this and I say, wow, the Messiah that everyone was, was pushing to meet, was pushing to get to, was was pushing to find, he's now on the cross, and and if you could remember, he walked through many towns and many villages, and if you were here Wednesday, you heard that many were cured from diseases, and many were cured from sicknesses, and many were freed from evil spirits, right? From Jesus himself, and now he's on a cross, and he's dying, and and the thousands that that would throng around him when he would go by their town, the, the, the thousands and the many that he would heal and and from all sorts of sicknesses and diseases and evil spirits. The thousands that he, I know it's thousands because the Bible says that he did so many miracles that all the books of the world would not be able to contain them. He touched thousands and thousands, everyone say thousands. thousands, yeah, and thousands of lives but yet he's on the cross and no one's there to support him, to stand for him, to fight for him. You guys know that, right? His mom was there, John was there, where are the other ten? Where's the where's the woman with the flow of blood? Where's where's the blind man at the side of the road? Where are the lepers that got healed from leprosy? Where's the where's the dead girl that I took her by the hand? And I raised her up. And where's her mom and her dad and her grandmother and her grandfather and all her siblings and her aunts and all? Where's everyone that I did a miracle on? Where are all the people that I touched? And he's on the cross and he looks down and, and, and his words should be, to all my followers, go and change. But, but his words are, mom, that's your son. Son, that, you mean to tell me you got two people at your feet when thousands of people were impacted by your life? Are you guys understanding this stuff? Heaven came down to earth and and, and shook earth. And at the moment where heaven now is at the cross, no one from earth shows up. How dare you? And he's on the cross and he's broken and beaten. and, And on that day he's crucified. Mostly, not everyone, but mostly everyone has deserted him. And yet again, church, here's another example of mankind rejecting heaven on earth. Paradise. Not today. I'm not going to show up. What? I I remember you. You were in the, there was a day when you were in the corner. And you thought, no, I saw you that day. And you were there and you, were, you heard about him. And you said, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And people hit you and said, shut up. You're bothering him. Don't you see he's busy? He's got somewhere to go. And, and Jesus, son of David, was walking and says, don't hit him. Don't treat him like that. Bring him to me. I remember you. You were blind. And you were blind since birth. And and they were treated you rudely and, and he, he still received you. Heaven came to you and, and touched you and transformed you. I remember you. Now give me your excuse why you weren't at the cross the day he was killed. You guys know what I'm saying? Give me the, give me the excuse of why I remember you. And, and you could almost relate that to... To our lives, and you could almost relate that to to today. I mean, we are so messed up. We are so messed up. Smile. You're sitting in a room with a lot of messed up people, you're not the only messed up person today. Give God some praise for a moment. Amen. In paradise, there's cold air. But (laughs) it's messed up people. Messed up people. Oh, Lord, that you would speak at this part of the message. Because this is the part where I I feel like God really wants to drive it home. Because as mankind is rejecting heaven on earth, that's, that's ugly, huh? Describe it to me. Describe it to me, messed up people. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I called you dirt. Messed up is actually a, a, a notch up. <laughs> I called my son reject like a month ago on the, on the altar here. Like, I've called people rejects, dirt. I called you messed up today. Okay, so messed up people, g- give, me, give, me, give me some words. Like, that's messed up, man. Like, I don't know. That's sad. That day was sad. Give me some, give me some words of the cross. From describing those messed up people, disgraceful. disgraceful. What a what a word. Disappointed. What'd you say? Defeated, Defeated. Un- unappreciative, ungrateful, coward, cowardly. Not loyal. Huh? Not loyal. Not loyal. That's right. Not loyal. Fake. Fake. We like that one too. Come on, hypocrites. Weak. Hey, how many of you have joined the crowd of hypocrites? We've all been called hypocrites at one point, right? I always knew you were a hypocrite. You caught me on a bad day. It has nothing to do with me being a hypocrite. You caught me on a bad day. Alright. Alright. I agree with you guys, you know that? Much of messed up people, man. Much of messed up people. But can I tell you some other words? I see some beauty. I see kindness. (laughs) You hear like how? I still see love. I see compassion. I see faithfulness. I I, I see, I don't even know, I smell bdellium. (laughs) I see onyx stones still on the cross. I see gold. And good gold it is on the cross. You're probably like, how? See, the beauty behind this is that... How can I say this so you can understand it? That's so beautiful. Kids are having a good time. The beauty behind this is... We're messed up and we change our... We have a messed... we sometimes function with our own will, and our will is rotten. And today, I don't desire to be at the cross to see him die. And we're, we're messed up. Humanity is messed up, and, and man's will is, man's will in, on the cross changed. And, and isn't that not so that today man's will still changes? We flow in man's will, and man's will is always changing. Like, what? You were on fire yesterday. You're stupid, st- stupid drunk today. Like, what happened? They like, oh, go, the Holy Spirit. No, it's not. The vodka's in you. I ain't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, oh. And you're like, we're just, our, our will's all messed up. Like, who are we? Are we godly? Are we holy? Are we not? Like, we're just, man's so screwed up. And at the cross, man's will is, is still so polluted and, and so messed up. And, and it changed and it changes. But can I tell you something? Heaven's will on the cross, if you look at it closely, it never changed. And it never changes. You might say the cross was empty. No, it wasn't. All of heaven was on the cross that day. The last thing that Calvary was on that day was the crowds might not have been there. But I'm going to tell you something right now. For John and Mary, heaven was there. I don't know if you guys understand that yet. Everything seemed out of order. But trust me, heaven's will was perfectly functioning in order on Calvary's cross. Man's will was all over the place and all screwed up just like we are. But the one who stayed faithful and strong and loyal and bold and loving and compassionate and was there to the end with every word, with every point of his life to fulfill heaven's will. Jesus, the Messiah, was there because heaven's will is faithful. Heaven's will is bold. Heaven's will is strong. We stink. We're rotten. We're weak. We're all those things that you confessed. But he's strong. And he's compassionate. And he's loving. And he's present. All of heaven is still there. Man is hypocritical. You're right. Man falls short. You're right. Man is running to his comfort zone. Man is running to his comfort zone of world or of earth. You know what I'm talking about. Something bad happens to you and you just pick up old habits again. You go back to the world, habits. Something happens to you and you and you go back and, and, you, and you just become like the rest of them. And why are you like that now? And then you blame it on church. And, oh, because I've, I've had, a, I got burned out. No, you didn't know Jesus. Don't give me that stuff. Get back into the presence of God. Get back into the Word of God. And you'll see that it's nobody's fault but us. We, our will's messed up. Our, we're just some messy people. We're the ones that just fall short and we run back to earth. We run back to our comfort zones. We run back to the worldly stuff. We run back to the comfort of the world while a chunk of heaven is being killed on the cross. But heaven is never hypocritical. Never, it never falls short. Heaven always fights for us. Heaven always stands strong. Heaven always wants to support you. How many of you could say amen? amen. Can I share a passage with you to really wrap this up and put a bowl on top of the, the present? Go to Luke chapter 23, verse 39. It says then one of the criminals who was hanging blasphemed Jesus, and they said, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Are you guys there? But the other answered and rebuked him, just leaned over, right, on the cross and said, hey, don't you even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for for we receive the due reward of our deeds, we're getting what we deserve, man. But this man right here between us, right, he's done nothing wrong. And that man looks towards Jesus and look what he tells Jesus. You guys are familiar with this stuff. Most of you are at least. And he says this. He says, Lord, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. You guys, you guys all see that. But then the next verse, verse 43 says, and Jesus says to him, I can't, I can't even imagine what that looked like. Maybe a grin. Maybe a smile, maybe a sparkle in his eye. Because we just said all negative things, right, about the cross. and Unloyal and hypocritical and, oh. I thought she was going to preach for me the next part, but Siri, respect. And we said all these things, but yet on the cross, there's one man. And he says, hey, if you, when you go into your kingdom, just remember me. All the negative things we just said, right? And then Jesus just looks at him and, and says the most powerful thing this man has ever heard. He didn't hear, shut up. You had your chance. He didn't hear, it's really hard to forgive you now. He didn't, he didn't hear anything else, but, but watch this. Oh, yeah, surely I I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. As I end, heaven wasn't moved by the mockery of the soldiers or the blasphemy of the criminal dying next to Jesus. Heaven wasn't moved by that. You need to listen to this part because this will roll into next week but heaven wasn't moved by those things I know that for a fact I know that instead of heaven getting mad I can't believe those soldiers let's just rain fire and brimstone on them no I can't believe that criminal next to him let's just kill him already no as Jesus on the cross and he looked over he says for sure man today you'll be with me in paradise When that was said, when those words were done, I believe that heaven wasn't mad because of the people that weren't present. I believe at that moment, heaven was rejoicing. I believe at that moment, there was a roar and a thunder and a checkpoint for heaven on that moment at the cross. I know that. I believe that paradise paradise was doing what paradise does. You, You guys catch that? Heaven was doing what heaven does. What is paradise doing on the cross? What is heaven doing on the cross? You should know the answer already. What paradise is doing is it's accomplishing its will. It's accomplishing its will even there at the very last moment paradise is, is doing what what paradise come on what's your paradise look like because my paradise looks like like the son of god on the cross bleeding and bloody and destroyed but yet crying things out like father forgive them for they know now what they do my paradise looks like looking at a criminal like me and says and says oh yeah today you'll, you'll be with me in paradise paradise always does what paradise does does even when the earth is doing what the earth is doing which is rejecting them, there are many today that are rejecting them. yesterday was stabbings two weeks ago was a bomb tomorrow might be a shooting who knows what could happen next but there is one that is not moved that is still faithful that is still strong that is still accomplishing his will earth is doing what earth is doing but paradise is doing what paradise is doing but I don't see it. Oh yeah, look closely. It's there. It's present. Paradise is on. we're living in crazy. It's always been crazy times. Go back 2000 plus years ago. It's so so crazy that they crucified the Messiah. It's always been crazy. But, but, But there's more people on earth now, some 7 billion plus. So the craziness is just more heard of now because it's in more pockets and more clusters. But it's always been there. Evil's always been in this world. World has always been in this world. Earth has always done what earth does. But if you look closely, paradise has always been fulfilling its will still on earth. As much as earth tries to kick paradise out, there is a faithful, there is a remnant, there are daughters and sons of God. That as long as you're on this earth, earth can try to kick paradise out, but bring it if you must, because if I'm still here, paradise still reigns on earth paradise on earth it was, if it was just for if it was just for that one man on the cross, then it was all worth it. It was all worth it for who? For heaven. It was all worth it for paradise. If it was just that one man that would be saved. How extreme is that? If it was just for that one man on the cross, it was worth it for all heaven to come down to earth. Just for him. But look around. Thank God it wasn't just for that one man. Because that's heaven's will that's paradise's will the criminal on the cross didn't have to die to experience paradise did you guys catch that he experienced it right there on that suffering on that painful cross hey what suffering and painful cross are you on guess what you can experience right now paradise you want to know something my bible i looked for it and maybe i missed it trust me i miss a lot of things in the bible but i can't find exactly the date that that man died you know that I know Jesus died on that day because he was bleeding, refusing, like he was already dying on the cross because he was losing so much blood, but the man did not receive as much beating as Jesus did. So I studied, you know, the Roman crucifixion. It could last anywhere for, depends how strong you are, two, three, four days you could be hanging on that cross, being punished and tortured. So I'm wondering if Jesus died that day. While telling that guy, "Today you'll be with me in paradise," but I'm wondering if that man lived for three more days, but yet Jesus said to him, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Why? Because paradise is not necessarily your position in eternity. Paradise is actually eternity's position on you on earth. So, so you hear Jesus say, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." It's like, dang, I gotta die to get there. And Jesus is like, "No, absolutely not. You gotta die to yourself now here on earth and let heaven get there." to you now. Today, that's my message. See what I did there? I told you I was going to get it at the end. Today, you will be with me in... I feel like you guys didn't catch that yet. Today, you will be with me in... Hey, don't you feel bad for the people that didn't come to church today? So do I. You should call them on and tell them because Maybe today was a day to be in paradise. Maybe today was a day to receive heaven on earth. Paradise. Paradise made thousands of sick people be healed. Paradise made many lost found. Paradise, many many blind see. Paradise. Raised dead, like I, I think about. I think about Lazarus being dead, right? And then, and then Jesus and Lazarus come forth. And if I'm Lazarus, I'm like, why did you do that? Why in the world did you just wake me? up? Why in the world did you take me out? Do you know where I was at? Of course, Jesus knew where he was at. But He brings him back because He was. I think He was teaching Lazarus, like you didn't. You didn't necessarily have to have to die to be in paradise. Lazarus, come forth. And show the world how you could have paradise. You could have heaven here on earth. I know that to be certain because scripture says that as Lazarus went back to his town. And I mean the word of God, the the word of Christ spread throughout that town because of Lazarus' testimony. I know that the, that the woman that was at the well um, from Samaria, she, she, she met heaven at the well. Heaven came down to her at the well. Remember that story? And, and it says that after Jesus told her all her issues with her men and stuff like that, she went back to her town and she started off with her biggest weaknesses, the men. She called them all for a reunion. they all were salivating like, all right, it's business time. Nope, it wasn't. What she was, she was going to do was she was going to preach to her number one customers and tell them, hey, I'm no longer in that business no more. I'm sorry for being so transparent, but I'm no longer in that business anymore. Um, I ran into heaven at the well and he change my life. You see, I didn't, I believe that Jesus didn't have to take the woman from the well that day to be in eternity because something happened to her on that well that day that she ran into heaven and that changed her earthly perspective. And I believe that there's some of you here that your earthly perspective will change, not when you get to heaven, but when you finally get to a place when you allow heaven to get to you. That's it. That's my message. I guess I'll share this, I'm not going to get into it I wanted to but in Luke chapter 10 if you're taking notes 17 through 20 and I'm done you could stand with me, why not so you can know I'm really done but in Luke 10, 17 through 20 Jesus sends out uh, 70 disciples and he sends them out and he says go tell of me to the world and um, as he does that they go and they preach about Jesus and they tell everyone about Jesus and all that good stuff but i love when they come back they got something to tell jesus when they come back and when they come back it says they returned and they returned joyfully i love this and he says to them lord look at this look look, look what the 70 to... because you know we're just we're people man so like we get all fixed on like demons and stuff like why get so fixed up on demons when you could get so fixed up on heaven like that's what well you'll see so, so like we're people so like those things like fascinate us right like oh so watch what happens here it says oh lord even the demons obey us in your name like it was so awesome like demons like left and right demons everywhere listening to us in jesus name it was it was and then verse 18 the lord says yes come get over that he says remember this who you come to right i saw satan from heaven fall like lightning but look I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. You got that out of the way? Good. Good job, demon thrashers. But now let's keep moving. Look what he says next. But do not rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Because that's not heaven's will. What's heaven's will? Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You know what's greater than demons fleeing from your presence? Is souls being saved. That's better. And that's what heaven is about. Today, you'll be with me. I love that his last act on the cross was not... Thank you, Lord, that it wasn't casting a demon. Because my gosh, would our doctrines be all messed up. But I love that on the cross, his last act was salvation heaven is yours come to paradise thank you thank you for making it easier for teachers of the word preachers of the word that the heart of heaven is the salvation of man the heart of heaven is is today you'll be with me in paradise that's the heart of heaven Luke 15.10 There is joy in the presence of angels, Jesus says. There is joy, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That's it. That's it. Heaven come down. We'll talk some more about Heaven's will of salvation next week. But heaven come down. Hey, before next week gets here, when was the last time you looked someone in the eyes and shared with them the gospel of Christ through words, through your life? Because they're going to be perishing if they die today. Don't miss next week. Because you need to know that part of heaven's will is their souls to be saved. Because the heartbeat of heaven, the phrase of heaven, is today they'll be with me in paradise who are we introducing some people won't won't meet heaven so let's just take heaven to them paradise to them welcome to our summer series paradise that this would change your mindset on summer and that you would recognize that you're calling Is more than a pina colada under a tree with coconuts and you getting your toes full of sand and experiencing the beautiful waves. All that stuff is good. That's God's creation of rest for you. But I'm telling you, there's something so much better for you. And that is go up to someone and tell them that heaven is for them. Man, I hope you guys are rocked. I hope you guys are blessed. I don't want to say anymore, but I think God spoke to your heart today. I think you understand where we're going with paradise. And I think you'll never look at this phrase again. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Don't wait for you to die to have intimacy in heaven. What a shame if you on earth don't start having intimacy with heaven starting today on earth. Don't wait for heaven. Let heaven come to you today on earth. Amen. Hey, can we sing a song? Can we just close off in worship? Can we just praise them? You need prayer, come up. We'll pray for you. But if we could just worship and get your hearts right and say, God, heaven come down visit us, speak to us, consume in us, I mean I don't know, just pray and, and get your hearts prepared for this summer series and and Lord let paradise come to me and let heaven come to me let it let, let it just be Lord and, and just do this supernatural work in me and Lord let next week be even greater, let us tell everyone they need to be at church let us just win souls let us let us have be bigger bigger, uh, bigger vision and a greater mindset of what this is all about let us not get caught up on earth let us not get caught up on, on what we're doing here on land, but let us get caught up about your will and what's happened in the heavens. That Lord, we want people here on this land to experience it here, Lord. I, I don't, I don't want to get fixed on the stabbings and the, and the bombings and the shootings. I, I want the world to get lost up in the presence of God. And, and Lord God, I, I want to defeat evil with goodness, Lord. I, I want to turn our other cheek, Lord God, and, and, and show love and compassion when there's hate that the Christians would show love when, when Lord God, when there's a fist being struck that there's, a, there's arms ready to hog Lord God when there's violence of words Lord God there's also compassion of words coming from us Lord, I pray that we would not be like the children of Israel of the Old Testament oh Lord, we want to be like the other nations but that Lord, there's a stamp there's a print on your children on your sons and on your daughters to bring and to live in heaven while being here on earth So we give you glory, we give you praise, and we worship you. Let's go ahead and let's sing one song to him. Let's give our hearts to him, and then Tito will close up in prayer once we're done. Let's do it. Let's worship him, church.